check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. Welcome to Red Storm Chasers. I'm Vincent here with Craig, Tim, and Nick. On this episode, we'll look back at the big Butler victory. We'll take a look ahead to our Creighton and DePaul matchups for the week. We have an interview with Matt Kirschenheiter of the St. John's Dance Team. And we have a new segment featuring Marcus Hatton. All right, guys. We're going to start the show a little different this week. Instead of going around changing times. Instead of going around and talking about what we're doing this weekend, or what we did this weekend, we're instead going to talk about our favorite movie snack. When you go to the movie theater, what is your favorite snack? And here's the catch. If somebody else claims yours, you have to pick another one. Bunch of crunch. Oh, wow. Tim hopped in right away. That was quick. I didn't know. I wasn't even ready for that. Right, I didn't even Jumped in. Bunch of Crunch. Great it. choice. I love Bunch of Crunch. Bunch of Crunch is, Bunch of crunch is very good. Spectacular. It's, 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 a very, it's a very specific movie. It, it's, it's the it, only yeah. time I eat that. Right. Well, it's, it's kind of hard to find other places. You don't really tend to find Bunch of Crunch that, that often. That and a Crunch Bar. I, I feel like the Crunch Bar it went extinct at like 06. I, and and Bunch of Crunch is way better than a Crunch Bar. Oh, yeah. Way better than a Crunch Bar. That's definitely true. I'm going to go with a Goober. I like Goobers. Goobers. Goobers wow. I, that's a very, okay. very movie. And it's consistent, movie, too. Very movie-specific snack. Also, you can't really find that other places. Yeah. Although, at Walgreens, you can get Bunch of Crunch and Goobers. Uh, you can get four for a dollar. I can tell you my number two. My no, number, get, yeah, a, four a close for a number two to me is the chocolate-covered cookie doughs. I, you know what? I was going to bring those up. I didn't want to put them at number one. Yeah, they're my number two. I don't really like them. I like cookie dough. Really? I love cookie dough. The chocolate-covered cookie dough, it's, it's too artificial. It, like, I want uh, the cookie no. dough to be better, real cookie dough. Like, make it with the egg. I don't care. I'll, I'll risk salmonella. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's it's kind of too fake, the it chocolate covered one. I know. I know what you're it saying. It is fake, but I know what I'm getting delicious. myself into. So far, Tim's got it with the... But the goobers are a good pick. I'm going to... My, my pick is going to be... It's going to be the classic. You it can't popcorn. be popcorn. It's got to be something else. Why can't it be popcorn? Because that's popcorn too is simple. That's, pop, that's too, no. because it's too perfect. Popcorn you're is being basic. It's First everyone's all, number one. It can't be your pick because it, it, that is the number one that's movie. Ri- snack. That's ridiculous. You have to pick something else. No, that's it, ridiculous. You can't pick. You can't pick popcorn because that is the number one movie snack. Of, of course, it's the number one movie snack. Is why I want to pick it. No, that, that just means you're lazy. You, you, know, you can't really, come up with anything. You know, else? Really right. just fine, 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 fine. You're doing the uh, the straw trick with the butter. And all of a sudden, it doesn't connect right, and it starts burning your fingertips <laughs> instead. That shit sucks. That is that is funny. So, all right. Good move with the so, butter, though. You stick the straw, and you get the butter at the so bottom. I'm of gonna, the That's a good move. So, I'm going to go outside of candy. So, this is maybe doesn't more... doesn't have to be candy. But it's going to be more specific, because, like, they might have to have this at every movie theater. This okay. might be I more... mean, they, 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 they have most at most... Craig's going to go with the flatbread pizza. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all right. No, yeah, it's a little aggressive. Okay? I was going to go with the mac and cheese bites at AMC. That's fine. Right, that's, that's, that's fine. That's fine. It's they, a snack. They are. It's a snack. They are, it's a snack. They are delicious. They're, they're, they are, you're talking about the dining, though. That's normally at the. That's di- not. Only oh no! It's at, it's at, you're right. It's at both. It's, it's at both yeah. dining. They that's have, right. You can go there on the side and you pick it up on the side. I also I like the the pretzel bites. You ever get the pretzel bites there at the movie theaters? They have that at all that's movie good. theaters. Those are good ones too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's yours, Vincent? Um, mine would I Tim stole mine right out the gate. Bunch wow. of Crunch was a great one. Wow. Because that is my go-to movie. I I will buy those. I buy popcorn and Bunch Crunch and I eat them, kind of in tandem. Uh, but Reese's Pieces mainly because Reese's Pieces are my second favorite candy about, about Reese's ever. Pieces. So yeah. Reese's Pieces for me is a great just because mainly it's my second favorite candy. Anyway, also, outside of the movie theater. Also, so. though, when you're at a movie theater, you gotta get one of the ices. I gotta get that blue raspberry icy. Nah, that's, that's see, like iconic. You know what the problem with I, me for blue ices are? 
is I've had slush puppies and they're just better. They're better. So that the problem, they are the problem for me is that but they're different. Though. Icy, they are different. Puppies, no, no. And those icies are a little yeah, different. Yeah, but the icies just don't taste right to me, and that's me about me having. That's slush part puppies. of the beauty like, of them. No, no just, they're they're, me, they're good. I, I I like the icy. I I, I don't. See, I, I'm not. I'll give me a coke. Just give me a coke for a movie. Mm. Keep it simple. That's where I'm at. The ices are good though, I'm, I, but I'm I, I prefer just a regular, I gotta regular say, beverage. At the uh, AMC's where they have the dines, everything you can get liquor. The guys are introducing the slushies with liquor in it. Wow, that would be good. Mm-hmm. That's a that be next level. AMC. If you're listening, check that out. The which McCall actually the milkshakes at the dine-in theaters are really good. They are. Yes. They have they have the cookie they have uh, cookies and cream with like it comes with like a giant Oreo, mm-hmm. uh, which is really good. Or they even have the chocolate that comes with a brownie. There's like a layer of fudge in the middle. I mean, like it's like a million calories, but it's yeah. fantastic. <laughs> I mean, you don't go, you don't, you don't purchase that thinking like, eh, it's gonna be a light lunch right, like yeah. that. You go it's and you're like, I want a milkshake, and that thing is like a loaded milkshake. They're good though. What's They're the really one? In, uh, what's the place in New York? Was it Black Tap? Tab? Yeah, yeah, Black, yeah, Black, Black, yeah, Black yeah, Tap. I've been there. They, they had it in Vegas. Slush, uh, uh, yeah. yeah, they had it in Vegas, and I had the, uh, I think it was the peanut butter one. It was insane. Yeah. yeah. Someone had the birthday cake they, one, which was literally a piece of cake. I think they yeah, added a black tap to Oreo. Yankee Stadium, if I'm not mistaken. Really? I think they did. I think they did. One of the stadiums in New York now has a black tap. I know it. Oh, really? I, they I, make really good burgers, too. I remember that, good seeing that. Black tap? Yeah. If I'm, if I'm thinking of the correct place. Oh, that's got to sure suck. Just trying to drink it. All of a sudden... Foul ball comes, splash. I think it's a reduced. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's. I don't know if it's as like the same thing. Like, I don't think it's necessarily like as big a piece of cake or whatever. I think it's more of a like reasonable size for a stadium. But one of the stadiums definitely. Maybe it's not New York, but I, I think it was New York. One of them added added the uh, the thing. Uh, all right. Well, a little different different start. Good talk uh, about some food, different snacks, and let's head back into St. John's. Now I want bunch crunch. That's, yeah, I know. Sorry. Stop. Milk stop shake. on the way home. Get a milkshake. Oof. Ooh, Surreal Creamery. Yeah, me and Robin are going to go tomorrow. Are you? Uh, yeah, I'd be dying to go to Surreal, Surreal Creamery. For those who don't know, there's not a lot of locations there in New York. There happens to be one in New Brunswick, New Jersey. And there's this ice cream place that, again, has these like crazy milkshakes, kind of. Uh, really crazy ice cream is their thing. And uh, I love it. Me and my wife love it. I haven't been there in a while. So what's, what's the one that's going? It's our anniversary next week. So. There's it's, one that's it's blue. Cookie, cookie monster. Yeah, cookie, cookie monster. monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cookie and cream, but blue. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. so good. Made for Nick Coughlin. Absolutely. 100%. Nicholas loves blue. Nicholas. Wow. Nicholas. Because you use his government name. I use your yeah, government right. name because you love. First of all, at first blueberry of all, juice. I saw Wawa has blue <laughs> blueberry cobbler drinks right now, which I'm sure you've had like eight of them. If you if you haven't, you're, you're going to hit up I Wawa not, tomorrow. Yeah. I'm actually very tempted to try one. Oh, I'll let you McDonald's know. has a blueberry pie, like the sort of like the mango pies from from, uh, from Jollibee. Uh, Jollibee, the peach mango, but one? it's blueberry. Really, I saw it yesterday on the menu. Wow, I gotta yeah. I gotta get one of those. I had a blueberry pie last night at uh, the Rio Diner. You gotta get the blue. <laughs> you gotta get the blueberry cobbler drink. I assume yeah. it's right of your thing. I, I mean, you could get you get coffee. You can get like a lot, yeah. like a like a. Frozen. I usually get the blueberry. They have blueberry coffee. It's and they don't usually have it. You there can get often. a blueberry cobbler like a. It's not like a frappuccino, but like basically a frappuccino just yeah. from Wawa. Yeah, those mm. are you. You, I'm sure you'd be loving it. Oh, definitely. Now I gotta go over there. Just love the the, the Wawa flavor cuff, uh, coffees are really good. Oh, really Wawa does a great yeah. job. Yeah, I've got a yes. You know what? I, you you told Craig. You told me you had the caramel one. I, the caramel one I had amazing. the Oreo one yesterday. Oh man, it was so good. I was, I, it was oh, like that the, was it. Drinking it. Oh, it was so good. It's like the it's like the mocha, right? Whatever they have a mocha yeah. one. They too. have a mocha one too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. I had the mocha one. I've had the mint one before, but I had just Oreo, and I got extra flavor, so extra Oreo. Oh, yeah. 
Just spectacular. Also nice when you're driving to Jersey, someone sees you with Wawa, they like they look and you go, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, you know. Instead of Starbucks where they go, yeah, whatever. I know. So I saw somebody one time at our office, uh, back when I worked in the office, was like, I don't really get Wawa. You're buying food at a gas station. I, I, almost, I almost lost it. Like, I was almost <laughs> like, you don't understand. Now, listen, like, their sandwiches are fine. I'm not a huge fan of the sandwiches. No, their sandwiches are good. Their sandwiches they're are good. Sandwiches. They're yeah. solid. They're, I mean, they're solid subs. Yeah. But don't don't... Don't don't be disrespecting Wawa, okay? Keep the name out your mouth if you don't know what you're talking about. It's not Sheets. <laughs> it's definitely not Sheets. <laughs> yeah, Sheets is shits. trash. Yeah, exactly. Sheets is just just trash. If 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 you don't know what Sheets is, Sheets is a gas station that serves food. Except <laughs> unlike Wawa, that is a food store that also happens to have to be a gas station, which only sells like subs and and soups and things that you would typically see at like a lunch place. Sheets sells everything. You can get wings. You can get hot dogs. You can get uh, what else can you get? Pizza, mozzarella sticks, which, sushi. which I'm also we got pretty all sure kinds of bad stuff. We which is definitely why we got the shits from Sheets. Of course, <laughs> of course, because we they just we went free reign. We we were drinking all night. It was a mistake, and we, we just, ordered a lot of garbage. And you know what? Garbage creates garbage. We paid, that's what we paid for that. We, paid, we yeah. paid for it. We paid for it in the end. All right, let's get back into some basketball now. <laughs> we're getting to some St. John's here. Big, big, big win against Butler on Huge Friday. Win. 91 to 57. I got one name for you guys. Julian Champagny. 31 points, 7 rebounds, 7 steals. The man was on fire out there. Guy was just incredible. Other double-digit scorers for St. John's. Aaron Wheeler. I sound like a broken record. Aaron Wheeler, 16 points. Posh Alexander, 13 points. We're on fire, right? Our team is playing really hot. Aaron Wheeler is a huge part of that. And obviously, Posh and Julian, as expected, are the leaders of those, that crew. We have our big three. Those are our big three. We were, we were looking for it. We thought it might be Wusu when we talked about it at the beginning of the season. We thought it might be Mathis. Nope. Aaron Wheeler comes in from conference play, started conference play, and has just been absolute fire. But we did something else better. 11 players for us scored in this game. Not only the five starters, obviously, but 11 scorers total. That's incredible. To have 11 players who put points on the board is extraordinarily hard. And obviously, Mike Anderson's philosophy plays into that, right? A lot of guys get in, a lot of fresh legs. To have 11 people score takes a lot of hard work, and it's a large reason why we won the game. For Butler, Jaden Taylor, the only double-digit scorer, he had 19, a good game for him. Uh, But again, a great overall performance for us. 64% from the field, 50% from three, 90% from the free throw line. We held them to 34% from the field. We out-rebounded them, 35-21. We did lose the turnover battle, and it was a bad game for us in turnovers. We turned the ball over 16 times. Uh, We only turned them over 14 times. Bad turnover game for us. But again, when you win... (laughs) When you win 91 to 57, it happens, right? You get a little sloppy at the end of the game. For sure. And and, and that's the way it goes. Again, you know, I know it sounds like a little repeat, but we got the win we needed here. A shot in the arm, just like the win we needed against Georgetown, right? Countless times in St. John's past, you expect it. This is a game we need to win. This is a game we should win, no problem. And we blow it, right? It happened to us last year at DePaul. Cost us going to the NCAA tournament. Another game we stepped in, we handled our business. And you know what? It's it's great to see. All right, Nick, what's your main takeaway from this game? My main takeaway is just that everything was going our way. Um, on like multiple times, we would, you know, shoot a three. It would rattle around, and it would get kicked out to one of our guys who happened to be there. A lot of times, especially you know over the years, and especially a lot of times against Villanova in particular. Funny enough, but like it always gets kicked around, and it turns out like you know it, it gets to somebody that's right wide open on the three. 
Um, and that, that's that's pretty much my main takeaway that it was just everything was working for us. Like balls were getting like kicked around, they would come to our guys, everything was going our way. And also just the crowd in general. It was a great crowd in Carnesecca. I think this might have been the first game I was there this season and it was a uh, it was loud. It got loud at some point. It did. It was a, it was a good crowd for a, a tough time. I mean, five o'clock yeah. on a Friday. Yeah, five o'clock on a Friday. Um, rough hour. I, mean, was, I understand with the with the makeup, but it was tough. But I got to tell you, I thought it was maybe a little empty. It was it was pretty yeah, packed, it was packed out. and it was loud. I mean, luckily when we're playing well, it was obviously pretty loud. Um, but to your point about things going our way, how many times do we see them hit a three pointer at the buzzer? And this time it was us. We get a turnover, right? And then Posh, Posh plays it perfectly. It. Takes the correct turn my steps, releases right at the right time, yeah. makes the three. Crowd went crazy. Re- um, so to your point, point one was, second, yeah. it was beautiful. It, it was, was great. Oh, it was a beautiful, beautiful shot. That's how you knew it was our day. Yeah, yeah. You know, t- you t- 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 when things like that go your way, you can just feel. And obviously, I mean, we, we played extraordinarily well. So we did. That, all that, that, that was also, I mean, well. yeah. you know, we played well and and everything was going our way, which helps, right? When everything's going your way, you play better, and, and that's what happened here. Tim, what's your takeaway from this game? Mine is that Bo Hodges was not part of this game, and Julian took full advantage of that. Right. He missed the game because of injury. Yep. Uh, instead of having a guy that beat us up on threes last time, Julian just came in and beat them up 31 points. And he did right in front of his brother, Justin, who was at the game. Yeah, nice to see uh, him on the side. Yeah, he got a nice moment at the end of the game. With, uh, it looked like Justin's son and uh, ran on the court with him. It was really nice. Uh, Rasheem Dunn was also at this game, too. Oh, nice. Nice to see uh, former St. John's players at the game as well. It's always nice to have him come back. I, yeah. think, I think I heard something that Justin told Julian, go get 30 tonight. And he did. He, did. he got 31. <laughs> That's not pretty only, awesome. Not only, did he have, not only did he have 30, he also had Seven rebounds, seven, seven steals, steals uh, three assists, and one big block. Yeah. So, no. He had a great game. I mean, when Julian Champagny plays to the level at which he can play, it's really something to watch. Craig, what's your takeaway? Well, playing off of that, um, I just think the emergence of now our big three, now that Posh is back and fully healthy um, between Champagny uh, and Posh and Aaron Wheeler, um, with those three guys, if those three guys on a, on a nightly basis, if they you know play up to their caliber – we can we can be dangerous. We, we you know we can give teams trouble because now you know we have the three guys that can keep us scoring, and then we just need one other guy, uh, you know, to come up and, and and make some plays. I just want to look at one thing specifically. Like, look, we've talked about Aaron Wheeler, at, you know, all the time because he, his his renaissance has been huge for us. It has really turned this team around. Absolutely. Um, just some numbers that I, that I looked up, uh, that I that I saw, um, in terms of his non-conference to conference split, which is just unbelievable the difference and we all know it but it's sometimes like to see it is just it's insane he was averaging four and a half points a game and now he's averaging 14 he was shooting 45 percent from the field and now he's shooting 49 percent of the field 29 percent from three 41 percent from three now in wow. conference play and he's 53 from the free throw line now he's 76 I like, mean, amazing just, just a completely turnaround just an absolute you know and listen I, I think part of that is 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 being a transfer right i mean you got to get used to playing with the teammates you got to get used to playing in a new conference particularly a guy like him who played at a high level at purdue so uh, you know I, it, it's great to see that he's worked it out because he is a phenomenal player he is. for us and he and is. he has been that boost we've absolutely needed after you know a bit of a rocky start and a bit of an up down he's kept us going Particularly if we've missed Posh or Julian, he's you know been there constantly to keep us going and and you know be that third member of that big three for us. Plus, I love it for him because 
he grew up a St. John's fan, so that makes it happen. Yeah, it makes me happy yeah. that he did it. He's going to do it for the team he he rooted for growing up. He stepped up when he needed him. Absolutely, absolute yeah. most. Absolutely. I'm sure he's loving it, uh, and, and it it is great to see. Could you and imagine? Plus having... Could you imagine if he was still on Purdue? How good that would be! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Thank God. Well, Purdue runs a slower offense, so he wouldn't flourish. He, wouldn't, he, wouldn't right. flourish. he, he didn't get used there very well. Uh, you know that he he wasn't utilized. He didn't get as many minutes. And I think part of that is to your point, Tim. They don't play the same kind of offense, and he didn't thrive in the system they had, uh, which he recognized, or and yeah. his family recognized, which is why he made the switch, and it's it's worked out it perfectly worked for out. him. I one other part of the big three that we have to talk about is Posh Alexander being back at full strength. Right, he had thirteen points, ten assists. We can't let that go unforeseen. Double double, double double for him, and hit it through. Look, Julian is is the heart of the team, uh, but Posh is the motor, and if. Posh just makes everything go, and with Posh back, it, it just changes the whole dynamic of our team. We're much harder to guard. We're just we're just much better when he's there. He's feared Absolutely. by other teams. He is like they, they get yeah. rattled always. Like yeah, see, he's the leader like, for sure of our team. When 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 Posh, like listen, as goes Julian, so goes our team. Yes, but with Posh out there, we could be in in any game. Well, also Posh's mid range shot has really flourished lately, and yeah. he. Completely has screwed everyone over, thinking, "Oh, he'll just drive. He'll drive and kick. He'll drive and kick." Right, but he doesn't anymore. All of a sudden, he hits the mid range, and now you're standing there looking like an idiot. Yeah, yeah. I like I like when he's like uh, when he has the ball and he's pivoting with his one foot, and then he just turns real quick and shoot. He's done that a couple of times, and mm-hmm. it, it's gone in a bunch of times. Now, I think having Posh back at full strength is gonna be huge for us down the stretch. It was a huge victory for us on Friday against Butler. Brings us to 15 and 11 on the year, seven and eight in conference, heading in the right direction. All right, let's move on now to our interview with Matt from the dance team. Matt, great to have you on. Thanks for coming. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Obviously, you're a large part of going to a St. John's game because you guys perform every, you know, in between every timeout. Uh, and, but, you know, I feel like a lot of people don't really know you that much. I mean, I get to see you dance spectacularly, but, you know, what made you go to St. John's and, and give us a little bit of your background? So I am from Long Island, New York, like more specifically Suffolk County, Holbrook. Um, and honestly, when I tell people the reason why I chose St. John's, it's like the craziest thing. I They weren't even on my radar five years ago and they waived my application fee to apply. So I said, you know what, let me just apply, see like what it's about. I applied, I got in and I was like, all right, let me go take a tour of the school. And as soon as I stepped foot on the campus, I knew that this was the place for me. Um, It was just the perfect amount of green in a city setting. So like when I told people that, they're like, what does that even mean? I'm like, I love all the trees. I love the flowers. I love the green, like everything. But then you walk outside of the campus and it's like cars going 70 miles per hour. And like, it's just (laughs) the perfect like juxtaposition of like what is going on. Um, And So what I'm doing now is I'm in my fifth year, I'm getting my master's in special education and I'm an elementary school teacher working full time. And then I go to class at night or practice at night. So I work um, in Bayville. I love my kids. I work in a K through two building. So I'm always with the young ones. All right. Um, And I'll hopefully get my own classroom following this year. So I'm a permanent sub. I like float around. I go to different classrooms each day, but I'm in the same school every day. Okay, Good luck with all- that, Matt. Uh, my wife is a uh, children with autism school teacher, three uh, grade three through five. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. 
you're a busy guy though. I mean, you got, you got full-time plus dance plus class. So, I mean, obviously teaching a passion for you or, or heading out doing that. Do you see yourself after graduating doing anything that involves dance or, you know, as I just as a hobby, maybe. Yeah. So I still, I've worked at a dance studio too, on top of it. I'm like one of the busiest people, like, and I <laughs> sounds like it. I love how busy I keep myself. It keeps me occupied. It keeps me going. Um, so I've worked at a dance studio since I was in high school and I still work there. Um, and I'll continue to keep working there too. And then on top of that, I also work with, um, local dance teams. I choreograph for them. Um, work with them on their technique and I do other things. I'm actually heading down to Florida with a bunch of my teams next week because they're competing again. So I'm so excited for them. And then hopefully once this is all over, I'll get to be a coach. Like that's the main goal is to one day coach, which would be amazing. That's awesome. I mean, it, you know, obviously it's a, it's a passion for you. So when, when did you get started with dance? How did you get into it? Is, is some, is the St. John's dance team something you wanted to do right away after you decided to go to St. John's or is it something that just came about? So I started dance when I was four, which wow. believe it or not is kind of late for a dancer to start. So I started when I was four um, and it only was because I saw my sister dance for how many years? And I'm very close with my sister. And um, I tried all the sports. I did soccer, I did t-ball, I did everything. You were busy back then too. <laughs> busy back then and I just, it was not for me. Like I was like picking flowers, like, just I was not interested and I kept saying like when my mom would drive to dance for my sister I would say you know like I really want to dance I really want to try and my mom was like you know what sure like let's just put you in and let's see how it goes and ever since then I dropped everything else and that's the only thing I focused on I would go to dance Monday through Thursday like five to nine since I was like five so that's like taken over my life for how many years um, so it's kind of crazy to think that after this year, it will be over because it's been, this is my 17th or 18th year of dance because I'm 23. So my 17th year of dance. Wow. So just to go for how many years, for how many hours a day, like to then it being over is kind of crazy, but that's like how it goes. But when I came to St. John's, it was right. I knew that they had one because I'm now like dating myself. Like I've been here for five years. <laughs> But when they won in 2016, I knew that they won because I would, I always had followed college dance. And when you're growing up, like the college dance team championship is like the Olympics for us. Like we watch it, like when you're a kid, like that's what you watch. Okay. Um, and I knew that they had won in 2016 and I was like, oh, like they're good. Like I would love to be on that team. And then when I applied here and I got in, I was like, I emailed Christine right away, who's the coach, and like in October, and she still laughs. Like October, <laughs> I was like, hi, like my name is Matthew Christianer. I would love to be a part of the dance team. And like, she's like, okay, it's literally October. Like auditions are in May, like slow your roll kind of a thing. And then ever since then, I just knew that this was the place for me. Well, you've certainly done it successfully. You're a six-time national champion, right? Yes. So give us a little bit about how that works, how the national championships work and how the process works. Cause I know there's different categories if I remember correctly. And um, you know, so just, just give us a little breakdown of that. Yeah. So I've won six times. I've won four in high school, four in high school and two in college. Okay. So in high school, I won a national championship in small jazz twice. I've won small varsity hip hop, once and small varsity team performance once okay and then in college i won division one hip-hop and i won division one game day 
So nationals is like, like what I said before, like the Olympics for us, like Mm -hmm. you go down there and it is like game on. And ever since high school, it's the same exact way. Like you show up and you're going against like the best of the best. And it is just the most intense, but the most emotional, like the most crazy weekend of your life every year. But like the lead up to it is some of my favorite times. Like it's some of the greatest memories. Like we're here, I come back two days after Christmas and I go every day for about eight hours, just for two minutes. And like, if you think about it, like the craziness that you put into for two minutes on a stage for someone to say like, oh, I really liked this. Or like, oh, I really didn't like this. Like the right. that how subjective that dance is. Like it's not basketball where you get the ball in the hoop. Like mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I really didn't like this. Like you're going to get third. Like, or, oh, wow, that was amazing. Like you won. Like that's what I kind of, but that's what I love about dance. But dr- also drives me crazy is that it is so subjective and that you can be so outrageous and creative and different and it be rewarded. Like when we won two years ago, like that was the most out of the box routine that has ever like hit the floor. And people will still say like, when I like finished this year at nationals, like, and I posted on Instagram, like the amount of people that I didn't even know that were commenting, like, thank you so much. Like you have left such an impact, like for how many years to come? Like, that's what it's all about. Like I always- it's the most rewarding feeling. Like I always say like, you could take away my medals, you could take away my jackets, my ring, you could take away anything, but you can never take away how somebody feels or how mm-hmm. you make somebody feels. And like, that's how I teach. Like words can't go back in. It's like toothpaste kind of a thing. And it's the same <laughs> thing with feelings. Like, like that's the most rewarding feeling. And that's like when I love going to the garden or I like, I love going, just walking outside after a game and like for a, a kid or someone that like, is my age or something to say like, you know, like that was amazing. Like what you did, like that to me is the most rewarding feeling because there'll be like seven people that laugh or don't get it. But if you reached one person and you were able to connect with them, like that to me goes such a long way. And those are like the memories that I hold more than winning six times. Like I'd rather connect with someone and for them to tell me like, wow, like what you did just meant the world to me. Like that to me is worth more than a ring. That is, that is really, really great to be able to, to reach out and do that. So uh, you spoke about, you know, you, you won game day and you won hip hop, which performance was your favorite? Oh, hip hop for sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I enjoyed that one. I sort of remember it, you know, I, they're all very great. So it's hard yeah. to decipher them, but. Oh, it was just the most amazing thing. We were fifth going into finals and they only took seven. So we were like on, oh, wow. on the cusp of like not even making it. And it wasn't as good as it could have been, but we didn't think we were going to be in fifth. And again, this is when it comes down to being subjective. Like these set of judges were like, oh, we didn't like this. We didn't like that. And then finals day to perform it, we were like, you know what? Like, who cares? Like this dance means so much more. It had such a deeper meaning to so many of us. So we were like, who cares? like how we place, like as long as we reach somebody and we connect with someone, it's all that matters. And then I remember, I'll never forget like running off stage and just like people were, like people that didn't know us were crying. Like the energy in that room that that morning was like second to none. Like I will always remember that. And like we were done dancing at like 10 o'clock and then we had to wait until like six or seven to find out we won. 
But like, I just remember like each time they were calling up like fifth place, fourth place. And we just kept getting excited because we were like, <laughs> oh, like we moved up, like we moved up. Right, right. And then to like win like that, I thought I was having a heart attack. Like, <laughs> out of Understandably. Back. I mean, that's, that's gotta yeah. be an incredible feeling. Oh my God, it was amazing. So you, you spoke a little bit about, you know, coming out for game days. Do you have a preference of dancing at Madison Square Garden or Carneseca? Which one's kind of more exciting? Which one do you like better? So that's a tricky one. I like both. I'll give you a pageant answer. I like <laughs> both for different reasons. Okay. So I love the, like the historic, like being a part of like the history of Madison Square Garden. That like when I tell people, when I tell my students that I dance at Madison Square Garden, they are like, holy, holy moly. Like <laughs> you are like the coolest person. And it's just like, it is really an amazing feeling getting on the court, like, and knowing mm -hmm. what's been on that court before. And then I'm just like a small speck of that. Like, I think that aspect of it is amazing. Um, and I love getting to like look out into the crowd and it's just filled, like, it's just amazing. But I love the way that Karnaseka feels when it's crowded and everyone is just like almost on top of you. Yeah. Love that feeling. Cause if it's just more homey. So I love both for different reasons. Uh, what's, what's your typical game day like? And, and is it different from Carneseca to Madison Square Garden? That's a good question. So Carneseca games, we usually get here about an hour and a half before. Um, we'll warm up. We'll warm up like all the dances that we're going to do for the day, get all our sidelines together, get all our palm lines together. Uh, the girls will fix their makeup. They'll do everything like that. We'll get our uniforms on. It's kind of like a little, it's like, it's very like schedulized now that like we've done it for so many. And then game day lasts about, like a Carneseca game day lasts about like three and a half hours with like the prep in the game in itself. Madison Square Garden games are very long process, um, especially cause I do live on Long Island now. So what I do is I take the train in. So I'll take the train in. We'll usually meet about two hours earlier just because sometimes the garden gets a little crazy um, with what's going on in the hallways in the basement of like, it's really cool being down there. Cause it's like the Ranger stuff is over here. The Nick stuff is over here. We're in here and it's just a lot going on, but like the same thing, we'll get ready. We'll do everything. And then we'll get ready for the court. And then we perform and then it's pretty much over. But the game days itself are very like leading up to it. It's very almost like, let's go, let's go, let's go. And then when the game is happening, you're just like in the moment and then it's over. So it goes by fast. I don't know if I answered that well, but. No, I mean, you, I think you laid it out perfect. It's, it's, you got a good, good vision of the day. So you yeah. had, going back to Madison Square Garden a little bit, you had the biggest standing ovation for senior day this year uh, in the garden. That had to be a pretty awesome feeling. I know I felt like it was awesome for you and well-deserved. Uh, what was that moment like for you? It was I was like trying so hard not to cry because like that moment was just, it proved that all my hard work has paid off over the past couple of years. And like you said, like I, I've been here for five years, but you never know like how much you, how much you've done or how much you've meant to people. And to feel like how many people like the love in the room and like how many people were so like happy and sad and like were cheering for me, it was truly, that was a really nice moment. And to have my mom and my dad there to experience that too. And for them to kind of not understand, but like 
be a part of it too and see like what I saw was truly amazing. There were people, we had people in the crowd asking if we could get you a 60 year of eligibility, come back for another year. Yeah. I'm <laughs> hoping. <laughs> I wish. So you also had the, I guess the, the awesome honor of walking in the Thanksgiving day parade, the Macy's Thanksgiving day parade. Uh, what was that day like? Oh, that was by far the coolest thing I've ever done on the team. And I've done like really cool things with the team that by far was like the best day ever. Um, and it's just like being a part of that tradition, like that's been going on for 95 years or 90, I don't even know if it was 95 or 97, like to be a part of it was the coolest thing. And it's nothing like what you see on television. And when I told people that they were like, what do you mean? And I'm like, okay, well, first off, you ride on the flow for like 20 minutes and then all of a sudden it starts to slow down and then you just slowly start to turn and then there's just TVs everywhere. Like Sephora is across the street, Foot Locker's across the street. There's a giant TV, a giant TV. You see Hoda and Jenna sitting right there, Al Roker's right there. And then all of a sudden you're just, you go like 70 miles per hour, you like land and then you're dancing and you're seeing yourself on the TV. So like one TV is like you, one TV is like, um, it was Ty Verde's, his lyrics. Then another TV was like what Hoda and Jenna were gonna say. And then it's like everyone, and there's people everywhere. It was the, it was done like this. It's the craziest thing, but it was the coolest thing that I've ever done. And I wish that I could do it like again, like six more times. <laughs> it sounds like a lot, but it sounds awesome. I mean, I have to imagine it's, it's having seen the same thing as I prayed. Yeah. In person, it's cool, but being in it has to be, I mean, something else. Oh, yeah. I've watched it, like, every year I felt like as a kid, and then to be a part of it was, like, amazing. And, like, the this, you get to meet, like, like behind me was, like, Andy Grammer, and, like, it's just the coolest thing. Like, everyone is just so excited and so nice, and, like, it was just really amazing. So what's the, what's the dance recruiting process like? Is there a recruiting process, and kind of how does that work? So we're actually moving more towards a, uh, a recruitment-based style of dance because now what's really awesome is that a lot of the Big Ten schools, um, which is like your Minnesota, Ohio State, Tennessee, they, which are like the powerhouses in D1A dance, started to recruit. And then it's basically starting to trickle down to all of us, which I find to be really awesome because you're getting to meet dancers that are fully committed to your program and want to be a part of your program. So what we do and what we're doing this year is if you're interested, you have to submit a first round video to us and we will review um, your video. And there has to be required skills like turns, tricks, um, jumps, like the whole thing. You have to record yourself doing solos, like everything mm -hmm. into one video. <laughs> if you pass the first round, you'll then move on to an interview, which all of the coaches will be on and the prospective dancer, where they'll be asked questions. Um, we'll get to know them as a person and like what they do for the community and all that stuff. And then um, if they make it past that round, then they'll be invited to an in-person audition, which happens before decision date. So then if they make the team, which most of the time if they do, will then sway their decision to then commit to St. John's. Okay. So is, are there, wow. is there, that, I mean, that's, that's, very, that's, that's a very in-depth process. That's really, that's great. Yeah. I mean, it's great. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's really great because this year we actually have a, like a large 
number of dancers that are interested in our program. So we're really excited to see the talent that we get next year. Makes sense. You got, I mean, you guys obviously kill it like we talked about before. So getting good talent is not surprising for you guys. I would. So is there, are there scholarships for dance? Is that part of the commitment or recruiting process or? So we don't give out like full scholarships as a freshman, um, mm-hmm. but then every year um, after your rookie year, if you do stay on the team, you do get um, a type of athletic grant. Okay, cool. But it's, that follows you through your years at school. It's good. I mean, that's certainly deserved. We should, you know, probably get more money there because you guys are so successful and just great, you know? It's <laughs> putting millions of hours of time. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Um, so, so now that you've, obviously you're so busy and, and you, you've stepped back from being the captain of the team, who's taking over. And then unfortunately, once you're gone, you know, what, what direction I, I gotta, you know, what direction is this team going to go? How, how can they keep up to your level of, uh, you know, just incredibleness? Well, thank you. Um, they, they are ready. They are definitely ready. Um, I have taken a huge step back this year. Um, I know it doesn't seem like it when we go out into a court setting, but they have been leading the rising seniors have been leading this team for a very long time. Uh, They were freshmen when we won on the team. So they know what it takes to win a national championship. Um, And they're hungry to win another one. And I know that they can, and they will all rise to the occasion. They're all so dedicated and so ready to be better dancers themselves. And it's only getting better as the younger classes are coming in. Um, And that's what we like to see because now they're juniors and the younger kids, one was, um, the sophomores now had a COVID year and they're hungry to get back out there and win. And the freshmen know what it takes to win. And they're just, they're ready. And it's only gonna go upward. I know that they have it in them and it's time for them to fly. I. I'm old. I've been here for five years. I've done my time. It's now time for them to fly. Well, I know we'll certainly miss you out there, uh, you know, in, in uh, half times and, and in between timeouts and, and just, you know, the excitement you bring to the to St. John's game experience. Thank you. Um, it's something that I'll miss forever. It was the best five years of my life. That's what I say all the time. Well, thanks for coming on with us. We really appreciate you, you know, coming on and talking with us and, uh, you know, hope you for great success going forward with teaching and, and dance and the 19 other things you spend your time doing. I know I got to slow down. I need to <laughs> prioritize and start saying no to things, but I just can't. Oh, fair enough. All right. Well, thanks for coming on, Matt. We really appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate uh, it. We'll see you Thank next you. couple, two more times, right? Two more home games tomorrow and March 2nd. Sounds good. We'll see you there. We want to thank Matt for taking the time and coming on the podcast with us. If you've if you've been to a St. John's game in the past few years, you know Matt is a huge part of the St. John's basketball experience. You know just from the dance team when they come out, you know it's going to be a great routine and it's really going to get the crowd pumped, which is you know why he got the largest applause at Senior Day this it's, year. It's electric when uh, when the dance team comes absolutely. Out. I mean, you can feel the crowd get crowd gets hyped always. Everyone gets up and. Uh, they're they're great. I mean, I mean honestly, they, they do great. such a great job, and and Matt's such an integral part of that team. It makes me feel bad when I see other teams dance team. Yeah, like, it honestly. does. All right, let's get back into some basketball now. Set the stage here as we're heading in to unfortunately our final two weeks of St. John's basketball regular season. After that Butler win, we currently sit at fifteen and eleven, seven and eight in conference. Now at seven and eight in conference, we're sort of in a tie. 
uh, between the sixth and the eighth spot. Xavier is seven and eight in conference. Seton Hall is seven and eight in conference. We're seven and eight in conference. Below us is Georgetown, who's zero and fifteen. DePaul, who's three and thirteen, and Butler, who's six and eleven. Uh, but the top, you know, the top eight teams of the Big East are Providence leads the way at twelve and two, Villanova fourteen and three as the two seed, UConn is ten and five, and Creighton are ten and five. That's the three four. Then Marquette stands alone at nine and seven, and then it's the three teams I just talked about: Xavier, Seton Hall, and St. John. So looking at it right now, we'd be in the eight spot. In the eight spot. You're in that 8-9 matchup at 4-30 on Wednesday, uh, which is a crappy matchup. I mean, it's Butler, who we just played great against, except if you win, you got to play at noon the next day against the one seed, which would, in this case would be Providence. If you could get up, you get up to the seven seed, you end up playing the 10 seed, which pretty good matchup. You're playing DePaul. I mean, they're, 7 p.m. They're not, and 7 p.m. at night. They're a good team, which is a little harder than playing Butler, I think, personally. Uh, but you do get the benefit of playing the two-seed. Now, here the two-seed's Villanova, so you may not necessarily want to get there. The, the number you really want to get up to if you're in this six-through-eight category, I think, is the six-seed. Sure, we want to be yeah. the six. You I end mean, up playing 11, so you end up playing Georgetown, which is, which is you know, the easiest game. But you're also in that, that – you're playing that third matchup, which right now is looking like it's going to be UConn. Which, after our two close games with UConn, I think we kind of feel—at least I feel—we're we're due for a win there. So if we could get it in there, that would be great. Now that's not to say we're locked in this spot. By the way, we're not locked into six to eight. Currently, as it sits with the amount of games left and where people are, we could get it as high as fourth if we were to win out and and Creighton were to lose and, out and, and some shifting along the way. And we do have yeah. Creighton and Marquette who are ahead of us on the standings. We play them. So right. we have a little bit of chance to control our destiny there. We also were tied with Xavier. Um, so right there, if we were to beat Xavier, that puts us a, a strong leg up, for the at least for the sixth spot, because we then hold the tiebreaker over them. So we would really just have to tie them in order to take that. Right. That now seed. remember, the top five seeds get a bye to Thursday, right? So it's the one seed waits until the, the winner of the 8-9 Four plays five, two awaits the winner of seven ten, and then three awaits the winner of six eleven. It's a it's a huge stretch run for us here. I mean, it, absolutely, a lot huge. to be decided, a lot um, and a lot's left to happen. There's a lot of a lot of life left in the St. John's season here. So uh, just in. looking at it right now, though, what do you guys think is our best? I guess six is probably our best. Six th- is the, the best, best spot we're that's looking the best for, right? Path of where we yeah. are right now. Yeah, realistically, it's Honestly. probably going to be five or six. I mean, we're probably most likely we would end up five or six. Ending up five would be great. Five is yeah. Five is. I mean, because then you get the extra, win out and get the extra have day. A the only problem, the only problem, to be honest, I'd rather be six. Frankly, here's why. Get the extra win. You we get the extra that's win, true. which is good for Help our residency. Although although you're downside in Georgetown, but to be honest, if we don't beat Georgetown there anyway, we're not going to go. So true. I think that. But I think you avoid Providence and Nova until at least the championship. The championship. And you, uh, no, no, no. You, yeah. would, you would play Villanova in the semifinals because they're two seed. Correct. I'm sorry. Correct. I'm sorry. But you, you would well, have Nova and Providence are not locked in. They're no, not, no, no, I'm sorry. No, I, they're not locked in. Currently the sitting, it's yeah, Villanova yeah, yeah. the two seed. It could be, but you, my point is you, you you would avoid them till, till Friday. They yeah. actually play, actually, Providence and Villanova play on, on the first. On yeah, no, first. they're not locked in. That, that That's still a battle, but wow, I'm just looking at as it sits now. I, that You're right, Craig. I, I, that's, that's actually a really the, good point. I think the Not only that, we've struggled in the Big East tournament. It would be nice to get a win, right? All of a sudden... You, you, you first tournament Big East game, you beat Georgetown. Good, we got our footing back. We're in Madison Square Garden. All right, let's play for real now. Take on, you know, take on the three seed, and you know, you get a win. All of a sudden, we got that momentum that we've kept building. 
because there is a break. Remember, we play Friday, March, or excuse me, we play Saturday, March 5th, and then we don't play again until Wednesday when the tournament starts, which is the 9th. So there yeah. is a little bit of a break, which is not untypical for the week, but we do have a bit of a stretch of back-to-back games here. So we're going to be hot playing quickly, and you don't want to cool off in that little gap. Just something, I just want to note some things to watch out for. Providence plays Xavier and Creighton. Uh, they play Xavier Creighton, and then they play Villanova. So, I mean, the last game is going to matter for the top end, who's 1-2. Right. But Xavier and Creighton is going to matter for us, because that's who for we're sure. going to be fighting against for. Seating. I mean, Creighton, Creighton and UConn, are, are one of those two is going to be the three, and the other is probably going to end up being four, right? Because Creighton plays us, then they play Providence, then they play UConn, then they play Seton Hall, which also matters because Seton Hall is in the mix of people. So the, that mi- that middle area is so packed. Like the, yeah. the I think UConn ends up pulling away and getting a three, but from Creighton to us, which is four through eight, it could really end up anywhere. All right, let's look ahead into this week. Creighton six thirty on Wednesday at Carneseca Arena. Whiteout game. It's gonna be a big game. Uh, giving out white shirts. Everybody, make sure you wear white when you go there. We we need to pack the crowd out. We, it's a big, it's a huge game for us. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, always love uh, free shirts. And last time we got a free white shirt was last year when we beat them at home. Same thing. Trying to repeat it. Yep. I like that. I like that strategy. Love the white out. Well, the last time out against Creighton did not go so well. 87-64 to 64 loss. Julian Champagny had 17 points in that game. Aaron Wheeler was kind of at the beginning of his getting hot streak. He had 16. Dylan Adewusu had 10 points, 8 assists, and 7 rebounds. Uh, a performance from him we haven't really seen repeated again. It'd be nice to get him back in the action. Creighton, Alex O'Connor killed us. He scored 28 points. Uh, Arthur Kalama also had 20 points. Two killers for us. We got to make sure we shut those guys down. This time we were out-rebounded by 19. Uh, we turned them over 19 times, which is great. We're going to have to yeah. hit that number again. But, you know, wide-open threes. We left them open for wide-open threes. We got to do something better because, again, this game, for me, I see it as a must win. If we win this game, that Marquette game at the end of the year, we get a little bit of a, a bounce back. Okay, if we happen to lose in Marquette, it's not the end of the world. If we lose this Creighton game, we have to win that Marquette game. So you're, I think we're trading must wins now for a must win later. But I think this is a must win game. It's at home. It's going to be a quad two opportunity, but it'll still be – you know, a good resume builder. A win against Creighton is going to help us go towards the tournament. So, you know, uh, what do we have to do, guys, in order to make sure the same thing doesn't happen to us again? I mean, last time out at in Omaha was one of the low points of the season. We, we really did not look good from the beginning. Really, it was over early. Um, but that was Omaha, and we know that Creighton plays better in Omaha, and it's a tough place to play. Now they come here. Um, so we need to, like Vince said, we need to play better. Uh, we need to cover them on the three point line. We left far too many wide open threes. We need to not. We need to knock that off and, and uh, cover them. Alex O'Connell, his uh, status is questionable. He did leave the game. His Crane's last game, so I don't know if he's going to play or not. He may. He may not. Um, absolutely killed us last time. Absolutely killed us last we're, time. We're gonna have to have a recipe for him. We got to figure out a plan, regardless yeah. of whether he's gonna play or not. Yeah, because he, he if we if we can't just go and think it'll be the same business because he gave us the business last time. I just also think it, it built, can build momentum, right? We beat Xavier, we beat Butler, we beat Creighton. All of a sudden, it's like, look, St. John's is building something here. It, it really it builds up. Yeah, and I mean, we, we really have started building momentum, and we're getting hot, and we're starting to get the recognition for this team. Yeah. 
Uh, Julian Champagny was named the Big East Player of the Week last week after his 31-point performance against Butler. Uh, hey, if he continues that, I mean, that's uh, we need to... Like, like you said, Craig, this game is very important. Like, it'll really show whether we're serious about being in the tournament, like trying to be in the tournament or being a bubble team, or if we're just going to fold like we usually do. And listen, Creighton's a team that actually, you wouldn't think it, but they actually line up with us pretty well in terms of stats. We blow them out of the water in terms of points per game. We average 73. They average 66. Our three-point percentage is very similar. We, we average 33% from the three-point line. Creighton averages 31 in terms of field goals, we both shoot 45% from the field. In rebounds, we're identical, 38 rebounds per game. They do turn the ball over more than us. They turn the ball over 14 times, we turn it over 12 times. They also have a, a minus 3.3 turnover margin. So, like, our eyes need to be, you know, as big as plates going into this game, thinking we can turn these guys over a ton and, and turn those into points. The only number they really kind of kill us in is free throws, but pretty much everyone does that. 72% for them, 67 for us. That's the main difference between our teams and the turnover margin. The minus 3.3 for them, we're plus 4. So, you know, the, that's a number right there that we should we need to extort that. We need that to be a major factor in this game. In our last matchup, they had 19 more rebounds than we did. Calc Brenner had seven offensive rebounds just by himself. That That's one of our things. We get beat up by these big, goofy, tall kids that are lanky. We can't allow that to happen. We have to make sure we don't allow the offensive rebounds specifically from him because that was a big outlet on letting them get consistent threes. Hopefully we have a, a really loud, boisterous crowd there at Corner Cycle. We, re, we really need a, we need this win, and we need the crowd to be in it. It'll be a whiteout uh, against Creighton on Wednesday, 6.30 at Karnaseka Arena. The other game this week will be on Sunday, 5 p.m. against DePaul. It's in Chicago. That game will be on FS1. Last time out, good win for us, 89-84. to Julian Champagny had a spectacular game, 34 points. Dylan Adewusu, again, 17 points, 8 assists. Pasha Alexander also had 16 points. If Dylan can have the kind of week against Creighton and DePaul that he had last time against Creighton and DePaul, and Aaron Wheeler and Pasha Alexander and Julian Champagne do their stuff, we could be in for a great week. We'll have to see what happens. For DePaul, Freeman Liberty uh, led DePaul with 24 points. Jalen Terry also had 14 in that previous matchup. They out-rebound us in that game, 44-40. to We turned them over 16 times, which was great for us. DePaul shot 39% from three, though which is a number we'd certainly like to drive down. Guys, we beat DePaul last time. It was a close game. It's going to be a tough one. DePaul is, it, listen, they, they don't have a great record. They're 3-13 and 13 in conference. They're 12-14 and 14 overall. But they're a good team. They've got some good wins, and they know how to play well at home. What do we got to do in this game to make sure we come away with a victory? I think a tough a, not a tough, a tough thing for them is uh, Freeman Liberty, their be, they're really their best player, missed a bunch of games in the middle of the season, which really hurt them, and they're a different team when he's on the court. Uh, he'll be there when we play them on Sunday. Um, going into this game, though, DePaul has lost four straight, but three of those games were by three points or less. So, as Vincent said, they're right there. Uh, so this is, you know, it's not necessarily the cupcake walkthrough we've thought of in DePaul in years past. It's going to be it's going to be a scrappy game, and it's a game we, we desperately need to come away with. It's not a game we can afford to lose. The one other thing, you know, uh, we it sounds like a broken record because it is our major factor is turnovers. We have a plus four turnover margin. Their turnover margin is negative. It's, it's only negative point two, but still, 
that's a gap we're going to have to exploit. Their rebounding is better than ours. They have a plus three rebound margin. We have a minus half or 0.5 rebound margin. Those numbers are important for us. And in a game that we might overlook, unfortunately, with the possibility of coming off of a great Creighton win, you don't want to get a letdown game here in Chicago. I think one thing that is going to be a make or break in this game is going to be our free throw shooting. Um, if we can continue the trend like we've been doing the past couple of games and we shoot fantastic on the line, we're going to win this game pretty comfortably, I would I would say. But if we don't do well, we're, it's going to hurt us like he always does. We, we did see uh, Mathis working on his free throws again, so it's always a nice look for him. Good to see people working on free throws. That Mike Anderson practice that Nick was completely against worked out spectacularly. We've turned it around. Let's hope that continues on Sunday, 5 p.m. in Chicago on Fox Sports 1. All right, we're now going to move on to our new monthly segment featuring Marcus Hatton. We're going to do an in-depth look at a game from his time at St. John's. And we'll also take questions from our Twitter and Instagram followers. So be sure to submit your questions at hashtag AskHatton, and we'll get those in as we record the segment. So you send it now, we'll keep it, and we'll make sure we hold on to them, and then we'll use them in our next segment with Marcus. All right. Hey, Marcus. Good to have you back on the show. Thanks for having me again, guys. It's a pleasure to be back. Cool. So we'll start with the Ask Hatton. So uh, Chopping Brave is the Twitter handle who asked, do you regret going back for your senior season rather than going into the draft? Um, no, at the time, I knew I wasn't physically and mentally ready to be an NBA player. Um, so I thought that um, coming back for my senior year would give me a great advantage to, for going into becoming a pro that following summer. So, I, I mean, when you look at it now, what you see what the NBA has become, then, yeah, because you, you you see the NBA was younger. It was getting younger. It wasn't getting older. So um, if I could do it over just because of a potential, I would definitely would have left my uh, junior year. All right, yeah, I mean, I, I, I see what you're saying with the, the change in the NBA now from the time when you, when you were there. Um, you know, definitely things have trended in a different direction. So interesting, interesting to hear, though. I mean, I, we're glad you came back for your senior year, for sure. <laughs> As St. John's fans. <laughs> um, so next question is, M Presents asks, uh, your favorite Johnny teammate? Who? A little hard, put you on the spot. Yeah, man, because I still have great relationships with um a lot of those guys. Um, Andre Stanley is the guy. I'm uh, Andre Stanley, Anthony Glover, Willie Shaw, and Kyle Cuffton is the ones I'm in contact with on um a, a regular basis. But Andre Stanley, you know, that's my guy, man. Like, you know, we continued um after basketball, we stayed close, we stayed in touch, and you know, when I come to New York, we always, you know, we get together the most. So, you know, Andre Stanley. All right. Well, it's good to hear you still have a strong relationship with the guys you played with, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, Octagon Sport, or at Octagon Sport, asked, <laughs> did you follow the Johnnies as a kid? or And uh, if you didn't, who did you root for? Um, I was always a, um, a Villanova, Georgia Tech guy. Um, I, was, I, was, I was in awe of Kenny Anderson. I was in awe of Kerry Kittles. Um, so I, I just thought, you know, those were my dream school. And funny that, you know, how St. John's got in the picture when you think back, you know, when I was a kid, I was watching Coming to America. Okay. And Coming to America, you know, my dad was showing me, like, Coming to America. And I was like, oh, that, that's St. John's. And, you know, fast forward, then you look at it like, wow. So this kind of maybe was the fate or, you know. But, you know, um, 
St. John's, man, but just, you know, just had a special place in my heart out of all the schools that I visit. Who knew coming to America could, uh, you know, bring in, bring in some St. John's uh, love. You know? A great movie. Uh, so the last question is uh, Rody Coco asks, why did you wear number one? It's funny because in high school I wore 25 and then I thought, um, you know, I always wanted to be the best player. So I thought, you know, when I changed in college um, to number one, I mean, in Tallahassee Junior College, I changed from 23 to one. And I just always wanted to be the best. And that was what I strive for. So that's what I wanted number one to represent. All right. So speaking of your jersey, next week, big night, bobblehead, Marcus Patton bobblehead giveaway and replica jersey for the first, what is it, thousand students or something like that? Are you, you going to be there? You're going to be in Carnesecca for it? Yeah, I'll be there. I'll, I'll, I'll be there. Um, it's, it's crazy that, you know, this will be my, um, my first game attending due to all the COVID restrictions and right. all the guidelines and stuff like that. But um, I definitely will be in the building um, come uh, March 2nd. Awesome. It'll be, uh, you know, it'll be awesome. I'm sure it's going to be a great atmosphere and, you know, well-deserved, well-deserved, uh, you know, acknowledgement from the school for sure. Oh, yeah. Manhattan is coming back to Queens, you know, uh, just, it. you know, to, to show appreciation, you know, just um, be grateful for and thankful for, you know, being able to have the opportunity to play in front of, you know, those New York fans and it becoming like my second home and, those guys um, took me in like family. So it was an unbelievable uh, experience. Well, I, I know, I know we're, uh, you know, try to get the Jersey retired. So this is, this is a good step in that direction. We got a bobblehead giveaway jerseys. Hopefully we're moving in the right direction. Oh yeah. Yeah. But you know, like I said, man, a lot of people know, like, you know, my admiration for St. John's. Um, I, I see a lot of great things. I see, I love the direction that the university is going in as far as recruiting, getting back to being a um, national powerhouse. Um, a lot of people don't understand that it's not an easy path. It's right. definitely a journey to get back to prominence in which way they were. Um, they knew getting to prominence took a lot. Um, it's just that now, you know, we've been in a um, relatively a long time before we had a, a team that was really relevant to make yeah. some noise of um, being like um, Big East front runner or making some noise in the NCAA tournament. And I think, like I said, Mike, Mike Anderson is doing an amazing job. Mike Craig, the AD, is doing an amazing job. Those guys um, definitely get my support in any way I can help them. Yeah, it's awesome. They, they have been doing a great job putting us in the right direction. So, all right, so now let's take a look. We've now had the questions. Now we'll go ahead. We'll take a look back at one of the great games you played in when you were at St. John's. So, obviously, you know, one of the most memorable games, the victory at the free throw line against Duke. So, just to give everybody a sense of where things were, uh, the Red Storm had just lost seven of the last nine overall. And were one in five in their last six home games. Mm -hmm. The game was tied at half. And, you know, obviously big meetup. It's Duke. It's been a rough stretch for you guys. What was that locker room life at halftime? It, it, it was tense um, because we, we, it was tense. And then we knew we had the opportunity to kind of change the narrative of our season. Um, we, were, we, we were much better than, you know, people thought or saw. Um, a lot of guys, you know, uh, sacrificed a lot to make, you know, for the betterment of the team of those, for those two years that I've been there, especially for me, like those guys welcomed me with open arms. A lot of those guys were New York guys and me being a Baltimore guy coming in, you know, but, you know, I just thought, man, that halftime, man, it was something to create, like, you know, a great opportunity that we had. And it was, it was on us. Um, all the hard work we put in all the season, um, all the sacrifices we made. And even though, like I said, at that time, you know, we wasn't playing well. Like you said, we lost right. seven out of the last nine games. And to have an opportunity for everyone wants to beat Duke University. 
for us to be in that position was the greatest opportunity. And, you know, even still coming out at halftime, it was it, it, it didn't look like it was going to happen, you know, right. because I think we was down like uh, eight, nine, maybe even 10 points mm-hmm. with the last um, five minutes or something like that. And then we kind of made a um, defensive stance in a run. Yeah. So so with 405 to go, you guys were down 71 to 60. And basically at that point, that's when you and Anthony Glover, you guys took over, basically. And you went on a spectacular run. You and Anthony Glover combined scored all except for one point in the entire rest of the game from the 405 mark to the end. And you guys each had a three point or in that time, Kyle Cuff made one free throw with a minute 30 left to, to make it uh, 71 to 70. And after that, you got the ball. You had a jumper with 40 seconds left that you missed. Glover got the rebound and dished it to you, took the shot, got fouled. Now you're at the free throw line, no time on the clock. It's a one point game. What's going through your head? You know, I, I, it was it was it was like the perfect ending to the movie to a movie. You know, it was something each kid dream of. Um, seize the moment. Um, I I went over this a million times in my grandmother's house. Mm-hmm. No time on the clock. You had the free throw line. Everybody's going crazy. National TV. So I already went through it. Right. You know, and I just wanted to, I just wanted to calm myself down, take a deep breath. Cause you know, in those moments, like things get tense, your heart start pumping, your adrenaline get the pumping and you get nervous and things like that. You know, I, I can honestly say like, I wasn't nervous at all. Just wanted to make sure I was breathing and, and find that rhythm and, you know, do what I normally do. Like be, step up to those moments. I always predicated myself on being big in those moments. I don't care how bad I played for 39 minutes, but that one minute or of, of, of basketball that, you know, I decided to play good, it was going to be a great outcome. So. It wasn't no pressure being at that free throw line. It was just a moment of really letting, you know, creating the image once you make the shot, you know, right. because those are the moments where people capture, okay, mm-hmm. you watch the ball go in, everybody's watching, and then let me see how he's reacting once he makes the shot. So, you know, it was just one of those moments. Well, you made the shots. You won the mm-hmm. game. 29 points for you in that game. It, I mean, it was a spectacular performance by you. Great turnaround for that team. And it turned the season around. It Absolutely. really did. From that point on, you had a great end to the season. And it really is one of the most memorable games from from your time at St. John's, for sure. Absolutely. I mean, like you said, it's, it's, it's 20 years later, damn it, 20 years later, and it's still vivid and relevant, relevant to a lot of people, you know. And, and I'm not just talking about St. John's guys, you know. Um, 15 years of playing uh, in Europe, a lot of those guys, those younger guys come to me, man, who I used to watch you growing up playing at St. John's, man, whew, you was good, you was good. And, you know, I remember the Duke game, you know. So you get your staple in life or whatever you choose. And, you know, you, you know, you enjoy it. You embrace it because you work hard for it. Well, it, hey. was, it was awesome to watch from my perspective. Tim, what do you got? Yeah. Uh, so during that game, when after the two missed jump shots, Ewing's bringing the ball down, you're guarding him up. What's going through your mind at that point? Make a play. Um, don't be afraid to make a play. Um, like I say, you know, in those moments, you can't, you can't, make yourself small. You got to come up big. So a lot of those times it takes um risk, um, big risk, big reward. You know how it goes, you know? Oh, yeah. and I thought, like I said, we was at, we was tied up. We were right there. And this was a moment to um, seize and change our, our season, which it did. You know, we actually went on after we won that game, we went on to play well, even in the Big East tournament, those games. And then I think we got, um we lost to Boston College by one point. You know, we controlled that game, most of the game. 
But you man, I, I just want to say this, man. Glover, Anthony Glover, man, he, he doesn't get the credit he deserved, you know. Um, even if before I got there, and I think that 2000 team that actually won the Big East um, championship, he was the I mean, he was the um, best player. I think he finished with close to 30 points or something like that, and he missed like one or two shots. And you know, I just want you know let know like you know that's one of the guys you know I admire. Um, family man, did everything the right way, did what he was asked, came up big when he needed to, and was amazing, man. He definitely is a guy who doesn't get enough recognition. Yeah, yeah. He, he yeah. really was. You know, I mean, he, 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 first of all, you guys together played so well, mm-hmm. but, you know, on, on his own, he was, before you got there, he was, you know, the, the kind of the main guy. And he put that team in a place where once you came in, you guys could really get things going. Absolutely. You know, um, the difference, you know, he, he played with different leaders, different type of leaders. You know, Eric Barkley was probably more vocal than I was. I was more lead by example. If you guys don't see what I'm doing, then, you know, here it is. Um, those teams that he had with uh, Eric Barkley, Boosie Thornton, LeVar Postel, Ron Artest, Reggie Jack, Reggie Jesse, uh, 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 my, my guy Grant, Tyrone Grant, you know, those were great teams. You know, they had nine, ten players, Chutney Gray, you know, all those guys, man, and, 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 and to be able to be an elite team, you know, make it to the Elite Eight was a great feat, and I thought they brought back with uh, Mullen and uh, Jackson and Walter Berry and those guys did. For a split second and yeah you know it looked like we were going in the right direction and then you know all the craziness happened the madness happened you know once i left and then um d'angelo harris and them came and kind of turned the program back around Absolutely. dwight hardy uh dj kennedy uh eugene lawrence and those guys they kind of turned the program around yeah and it is back bounced back a lot and and you know that that d'angelo team did a lot you know kind of after you that's kind of the team that i think certainly brought St. John's heading in the right direction. And now it's gone even further under Mike Anderson and Mike Craig, for sure. Absolutely. Um, and, and not to negate anything Chris Mullen, you know, did no. or, or for that school. Um, at the, you know, to the tail end, he had a really good team when he had uh, Pons, Shamari, mm-hmm. Justin, Marvin Clark, and those guys. I thought they were a really good team. But I just thought uh, the uncertainty of Mullen's future kind of – you know, didn't have guys understanding like what was next. I didn't know, like a lot of those guys didn't know who Mike Anderson was or how they were fitting his role, you know, how they were fitting in on his toe. So I think that was kind of a, a, a little setback, but then Mike, like I said, Mike Anderson stepped up, Big East coach of the year last year. Um, Bumpy Road this year, I think they, you know, they, they still, they, they, they have the opportunity to do what we did, turn, turn their season around with these next couple of games and make some noise in the Big East and maybe um, snatch a um, spot in um tournament. Absolutely. I mean, right it, it has been an up and down season for sure. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, it was in the, in the non-conference looked pretty good. We lost a few games, you know, Kansas, Indiana, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, then conference play started and there's a lot of hope and it kind of went down, but you know, they've really picked it up and you're absolutely right. These next games are a huge stretch. It, it is my thing. Like, you know, I, and I'm kind of fast forward, like thinking this is me as a coach. Like, I'm not going into looking at it like that. I'm going to let now guys know, like, we are going to win these games. These are games that, you know, we want to be that type of team. Right. If you guys talk about you want to come to an elite program, then you guys got to do elite things. You know, it ain't about, oh, everything was, it's no excuses, no complaining. You know, it, it's, it's get, it, get it done. Because for all the things you see, you guys can say, oh, we didn't have this. You know, you guys still out there for 40 minutes. And that's, you know, me coming from a player. As being a player, you really got all the control because you're out there on the floor. 
Like, you know, guys don't understand. Like, you know, if the coach take me out for turning the ball over the neck, all right, I'm not going to turn the ball over. Right. If I don't make a shot, then I know I got to make a shot. Of course, so it's always simple, but, you know, when you add all the little things in there, it um, uh, intensity get heightens and, and things like that. So guys get a little nervous. And it's, and what they don't I need to understand is great to be nervous. It's a good thing to be nervous. That's that's normal. Helps you play well. Yeah, absolutely. Because once you make your first mistake, then you're okay. I know I can play out here with these guys, and you know your confidence start to build, and you know you you go off of that. But you know, like I said, I love I, I watch Mike Anderson prep, prepare for games and practice. They do an amazing job. They play hard. They compete in practice. So I think you know this. This year and leading into next year, man, I think it's going to be the turn for our, our program. Definitely have some high hopes. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it'll, it'll be good to, uh, to talk to you a month from now and see where this team ended up, what happened, where we're at. So uh, thanks for coming on. We really appreciate it. Yeah, it's been great hearing about your game. Great talking to you. And, uh, you know, see you next month. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me again, guys. I look forward to it, man. We can keep this up. I love it. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Yep. Great to have you on. And hey, right, we'll guys. see you next Wednesday. Oh, yeah, we'll see you next Wednesday at the game. Yeah. There we did. March 2nd, come out. Marcus Hatton bobblehead, Marcus Hatton jersey. Celebrate. Manhattan is coming back to Queens. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We want to thank Marcus for coming out and taking the time to be with us. And it's, it's going to be great to have him, you know, get, take a look in depth at these games. It's really cool to see it from his perspective. And I think it, it's, it's cool, a really unique uh, way to hear about these games. So we're, you know, we're glad to uh, really have Marcus as a friend of the pod, and he's been super helpful, and he, he we love having him on. He's great to talk to. Um, so we appreciate him, you know, spending time with us. And if you are looking to get that Marcus Hatton throwback jersey, it's the first thousand, but it's only students. So time to shave those beards. <laughs> That's it. Get your get, fake student ID. Get, get young. Get young. Get a fake student ID. That's all you got to do. I always love, I always love listening to when players like break down the plays when they happen to them. It always like, I mean, for me personally, it reminds me of when I was in college and I was a manager. Even though like I was on the other side, and I, it was always cool, like even to talk to them after the game, like when I was right there to hear their perspective of it. It's always just cool to me. Yeah, it's certainly a unique view that you don't really get to hear all that often. All right, that'll do it for this episode. Power packed episode. Thank you, Marcus. Thanks, Matt, for coming on. For Craig, Tim, and Nick, I'm Vincent. Go Johnnies. Keep chasing.